0: Hey, hey, welcome back to another edition of Sideshow Frasier. This week we're looking at Season 1, Episode 3, which debuted on September 30th, 1993. It's titled Dinner at 8, and this is a classic episode where Frasier and the guys go out to a restaurant that Marty really loves. Uh, So first and foremost. If you've been listening to a couple episodes, you know this is a podcast about Frazier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and I couldn't do it without my good buddy here, Jordan Wilson. I'm sure you could do it without me. I've tried. It was very boring. Uh, it's more people, like a monologue at that point, huh? That's right. I kept going into these weird voices that sounded almost New Yorker, but almost Canadian. <laughs> and I don't know how, because it's like, how did, I don't know where it came from. Oh, it, so
1: you tried to do like an entire cast of people by yourself. That, that's pretty hard, man.
0: I did. I thought that's the way you do radio. Oh. I'd only seen, you know, those kinds of interpretations of it on TV. So I've seen Frazier, who's a psychotherapist therapist. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't know how to take callers here on my cell phone. I don't even know if it has three or four lines. Uh, so I don't think I can do it. They know? must do it. They, they, they do it all themselves. I didn't know that. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll just map out different characters. I think I can play this Canadian guy and this New York guy. And then they just kind of merge together. And it was a terrible mishmash huh. through my Texas voice. Cause I'm not a good voice actor. Well, I'm it's happy. Terrible. I'm happy to be here to help out. It helps because you've got that natural, non-New York Canadian thing. You know, you just talk normally. So that's really helped me a lot. I do have a pretty good Canadian accent. I know we haven't gotten into
1: anything here. Remember the time that we, we got pulled over once? And
0: No, I've don't been pulled that? over a lot so, of times, so you'll have to You were checking out that.
1: your hair in the mirror pretty typical and there was a cop directly behind us and the person in the left turn lane went in in your peripheral you saw him go and you just went oh yeah (laughs) and you went right through a red light and the cop was like Whoa. and just pulled us over and then he came up and i was like i got this I was like, ah, geez, ah, geez, officer. I'm so sorry about that one. Uh, we are just, there was a total boner of a move there.
0: (laughs) I I remember hearing something along those lines delivered a a boner of a move, you know, and that's a phrase that people certainly use down here in our parts. (laughs) I don't know if they use it in Canada, so I don't know where you picked that up as a Canadian person. I don't know the Canadian accent just came out. It's a funny accent. Hey, uh, Canadian listeners, just a heads up. I, I love hockey and Canadian (laughs) bacon on pizza. I think that's you guys and uh, that poutine stuff. I've had that very, very good. Poutine's delicious. I I love the way you talk. Yes, but we're real far away from Canada. We're in Texas, so I have never been there. Uh, I think Seattle's pretty close to it, though, where Frazier's based out of. It is. I think it's pretty close. This week on Sideshow, Frazier, we are looking at, like I said, the Dinner at Eight episode and then also Grace Under Fire the pilot episode. So they aired a couple weeks uh, after Frazier kicked up here. I will tease ahead to next week in case you don't make it all the way through, which I don't know why that would happen because you'll love every Inconceivable. Yeah, every damn minute of this thing should be quality podcasts that you can't turn off. You can bring your whole family in. But next week, we are looking at season five, episode two of the Simpsons featuring Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob in Cape Fear. Ooh. So it will be an oops all Kelsey Grammer extravaganza next week. This week's episode, it's a culinary clash when Fraser and Niles join their father for dinner at his favorite restaurant. What's your favorite restaurant, Jordan?
1: Uh that old dirty rat casino Chuck E Cheese. Oh my gosh, Charles Entertainment <laughs> Charles Cheese. Charles Entertainment Cheese, yeah. Are they still in business? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. with with my help they are absolutely. I just I'd live for their pizza.
0: How's the how's the beer? Cuz they introduced alcohol into the mix now, yeah. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. local craft brews. What mm-hmm. are they doing? They do. You, they also it's a it's full bar. So, oh. <laughs> oh man, oh, how's yeah. their El Presidente top shelf margaritas? Oh, it's
1: it's they they know what the parents are going through, and they hook
0: you up. Okay, yeah. Did they have a nice sherry or a port or anything along those lines? I don't, I don't know. I'll, next time I go, I'm gonna check. I mean, for an establishment named Chuck E. Cheese, uh-huh. you would think they've got a wide variety of sherries and other delicious spirits. But I don't know. I haven't been to one in a while. They closed the one by me, so the Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I'm yeah. more of a pin stack person now. This might all be regional to Texas. I have no clue. Probably I'm sorry. is. Yeah, I mean, pin stack. They don't sponsor us, but there's bowling there and arcades, so <laughs> we go there. It's close. This episode we start in Fraser's apartment. And open up with Daphne fluffing Frasier's knickers. He's very delighted by this, actually. Uh, at first, he's put off, but then he feels the softness of it, and he's quite delighted. she use fabric softener? You that, do that? that that's yeah. the difference? You do that? You do your own laundry?
1: I do my own lot. I, You know, so I'm one of four, and I'm the last one, the youngest. So I, my mom was done by the time I was like 8 she was like I'm not doing any more laundry and she taught me how to do my laundry and I therefore did my own laundry from like the time I was like 8 or 9.
0: Yeah, four is pretty unlimited. Like <laughs> it'll just be a mountain of clothes at all times. Clothes, food, dishes, I'm sure, so. And if you go through more than one t-shirt in a day or something like that, like my kids do, I'm like you've got to be kidding me. Like I can't I can't go through 38 socks a week just for you <laughs> and 15 fricking shirts. Uh, after that, Niles walks, uh, doesn't walk in, but he gives Frazier a call from presumably outside the elevator at this point and really shows off that he has a cell phone. Like, I guess it's just a commentary on
1: in 93. I mean, the cell phones were, that's a power you know, move. It is a power move. A big, I mean, they that's the thing. You remember they when Zach? Affluent. I mean, when Zach Morris pulled his phone out of his locker, that was a power move. Well, I mean, it barely
0: got out of that locker; it was huge. Was that huge. Thing. Do, do you remember your parents' early cell phones? Oh man, I know. It I know John Motorola. John had one. It was definitely like a heavy Motorola with a battery with that, that flip slid bottom. In. That flip uh, bottom. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had a flip bottom. I think it had an antenna. Yep. So it like slid up, and it was a tiny, thin antenna. Yeah, big, thick, like it's hard to describe the battery it's almost like the back of a camera or uh-huh. something that was you know like
1: snaps on
0: that's right yeah, I it remember. was tricky yeah what about you you remember their uh first phones? Mm-hmm. Was oh, it a i think the same thing
1: yeah crazy. that was
0: that was like the motorola was like the company yeah, you had to memorize phone numbers back then it was a Oop. big deal you know if you didn't know people's numbers you were sol yeah. back in those days <laughs> man. yeah you were you were fucked <laughs> okay so then I have to clean up uh, something from last week because I did mention that Niles would be on board with a Marty move out because it would give him more access to Daphne. To Daphne sure. But he had never met Daphne before. So he knew there was a home health care worker, but he had not personally met Daphne. We get to their first meeting here, and he's, you know, not head over heels, but he's certainly smitten. Yeah, he's right away. he's struck. Uh, they go through a thing about her accent, uh, where he you know nails it right on the head as to where she's from, which is, I guess, also a real power move. Uh, you able to drill into <laughs> English accents? Uh, I mean. Like a Manchester one,
1: yes. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, because it's very distinct. Manchester. Upcoming in like five episodes, I'm going to have a game show for you where we have five or six different contestants call in, and they'll be from different areas of England. And we'll see. We'll have them all delivered the same line, and we'll see. Which one's from Manchester, the exciting new game, Manchester or not? Who's from Manchester? Manchester. I dig. Yeah. Okay. So we'll put that together. We'll figure out if it ever happens. If not, uh, then it's probably just because we got lazy or forgot about it, I'd imagine. Mm. So anyway, Daphne's pretty smitten there. And then Marty rolls out in a... (laughs) dark um pretty pretty bitchin suit if you you don't mind me saying like it looked pretty cool i don't i don't know what Fraser's deal was but it's a dark brown suit that he says is made of shark skin which dude i'm buying right now well he said look at the way it shimmers or changes colors (laughs) in light oh yeah It's like one of those magic eye hologram kind of things from back in the day where if you catch it just right, you're like, that's the coolest fabric I've ever seen. You know, God, I want that. I wonder if they really make stuff out of shark skin. Yeah, I think they, I mean, no, it's all endangered. You can't, yeah, do I was about that. to say, it'll, I mean, you could make it like synthetic shark skin, like synthetic leather or something, but no, Fraser's you can't the, go hunt shark for he, that. He's not the type of dude to shop at like a
1: vintage or secondhand store,
0: yeah. And that's what they reveal is that they were going to Armani, mm-hmm. uh, because I think Marty was going to a retirement party or something like that, so we needed a suit. I think Fraser was taking him to Armani, but he spotted this beautiful brown chestnut, lovely suit. In my opinion, in the window, <laughs> in the window of a discount shop for I think seventy-five <laughs> bucks, bought it off the rack. No fitting needed. I think uh, so. He just grabbed it and went. And I loved it. Daphne loved it too. And uh, Niles comes in, and Fraser mentions, "Well, you know what? We should treat Marty to a nice dinner here." Fraser and Niles uh, very quickly say. What about Le Cigar Volant, which... <laughs> Is not a real restaurant. I think it is a wine company, and it translates to the Flying Cigar uh, in American. Or sorry, English. In we English. Sp- we speak English too. We're I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call it American. <laughs> That's not a language. I'm sorry. We just speak a different form. Like our canceled has a like one L, and y'all's has two. I think I don't know. <laughs> Same thing in Canada. I get really confused. But y'all have the much cooler version of flavor. Yeah, like color. you guys. Yeah, you guys get mm-hmm. to put that cool you in. Inside of there and we don't get that so i you know i'm on y'all's side on you know why it's because they they try and dumb it down for us maybe because we're as a whole I yeah i agree i mean the the Beatles are a lot better than Aerosmith, <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> you know, are <laughs> gonna piss some people off. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, for, not, all yeah, exactly. <laughs> for all the Aerosmith For all the Fraser Aerosmith crossover fans, hey, I'd like to get a grip too. I will cry to that Armageddon song just like you. But <laughs> <laughs> check out our other podcast, Fraser Aerosmith. <laughs> I think it's a fair matchup. You know, like which one contributed more to society at large? That's a head scratcher. So yeah, they uh, they book a reservation there pretty quickly. Frazier goes and uh, calls Le Cigar Valant, and they seem genuinely excited, Frazier and Niles, about taking their old man out. Like, this doesn't seem like they're just, hey, I'm excited to go to the restaurant and let's just bring the old man. They seem genuinely excited. The Anytime
1: time. they can impress their views and their culture upon others, they'll, they'll you know,
0: they're going to chomp, champ, chomp at the bit and that's an interesting point i think that is probably why they're so delighted with glee is that it's really not a payback it's a let me show you some of the finer things in life because you're so simple you (laughs) dumb little marty shark wear shark skin wearing man shark wearing man Next scene, we uh, hit to KACL Studios, and Roz definitely pre-screens the calls, because she meets with Frazier beforehand. I think I had asked about that a couple episodes back, is like, how does she not get pranked? One way is she definitely pre-screens before the show even starts, and clearly schedules people to call in, like, this guy's going to call at 10 minutes after the hour, this one at 20, this one at 30, Right. you know, then we go to break, whatever, et cetera. Et cetera. You could so, still prank her. I agree. As if she can't have that much time to vet it overall.
1: Do you remember Sue, the sex lady, Sue Johansson, set, talk I mean, sex with Sue? I'm sure she's long gone. Oh, I know so. she's long gone. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Th-
0: that was a show in which people would call in and prank the living shit out of her. Yes, I'm sure there's many documentaries about her. I was recently <laughs> told about a Miss Cleo documentary. Oh, I, I watched was, it. I, that's the thing. Being, I was like, man, I got to catch this oh. Miss Cleo documentary. Oh, I watched now. it, man. Is it insane? I always,
1: oh, yeah, it's crazy. I I mean, not, it's not crazy. but Was she it, a member of the CIA? I don't know. Oh, okay. Illuminati, something. She's she uh people <laughs> in that documentary people were like, she she is she is from like Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, she is not Jamaican. And of course, <laughs> like you kind of knew that, you know what I mean? They just <laughs> never
0: but she never stopped. The facade. I'm not from Texas. I'm actually from Manchester. That's what makes all of this the more crazy. Your accent
1: is incredible.
0: It's middle of the road. It's middle of the road. It it ain't McConaughey, you know, and it ain't. It ain't George Strait or nothing like that, but it's it sounds good.
1: George? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, you like my George Strait? Man. Well, I can tell you all about it here. Hey, give me your best Gerald Ford. What what kind of Ford you got at you? Policy. Oh, he's in, here in the room with me right now. There he is, Mr. Gerald <laughs> Mr. Ford. Mr. Gerald? Wow. They're going crazy. Oh, my God. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Ford. Ford. So Ford. Too Ford. Ford. So then we go back to Fraser's apartment, and uh, apparently Niles comes over because Maris is having, quote, one of her episodes. and He doesn't even have to, t- he just says the word episode, and Marty's like, ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, apparently dinner was not to be, and uh, Niles is right on to hitting on Daphne. So he's definitely moved into, hey, let's just kind of hit on Daphne phase here. So, <laughs> all, all right, Niles is kind of a scumbag <laughs> throughout. Like, I don't care that Maris is what she is, but don't just, uh, your family's around, don't openly hit on her, like, I mean, you can, but like, wait for it to come to you a little bit more instead of just like... Being real aggressive. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, it's like Daphne's shown virtually no interest in you so far. So you I do like the way he plays it though, it's kind of
1: innocent, like a schoolboy, but it, I mean, at the same time, a little pervy, but he, he's just like a dog,
0: you know what I mean? Like, following, he's like a little puppy dog. A uh, puppy dog who's ready to murder someone. I feel like Hyde Pierce just has that crazy look as Niles. He's like, oh, she had one of her episodes where I hit her over the head and she's going to be knocked out for the next six hours. Like That's why you never see Maris. She's been dead for years. There's got to be something going on. Is
1: Maris also a psychiatrist?
0: I have no idea. Maybe we find out. I have no clue. I don't remember. I think her family's super wealthy. Mm -hmm. That I I know. Yeah, but I don't really know. Yeah, so she's just wealthy. Uh, so unfortunately, Marty walks out, says he got creamed chicken on his suit last night, which this is what I think I felt that uh, Frazier should have foreseen a little bit, that like he can't wear the same suit two nights in a row. This is your old man. He's going to get chili or creamed chicken, <laughs> or he's going to do something to this suit. He's only got the one. Just hook him up, or... It seems like Niles would be his size. They could probably grab something from Niles's closet, See, I was or at least the a same sport thing. coat. Yeah, I was thinking the
1: same thing. Like, there's got to be something that he can wear.
0: But yeah,
1: and and then Fraser proceeds to call the restaurant and ask them if they uh, what their minimum
0: dress code is. Which is a badass question. What's like, your minimum that? requirement? Like, that almost seems like you're super rich. Like, hey, I got my buddy here, and uh, he's going to roll in in flip-flops and cargo shorts. Is that cool, man? He's and a if billionaire. Not, if not, <laughs> I'll take my business elsewhere, buddy. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with calling in for the minimum dress code. What's the nicest restaurant you've ever been to? I mean, it, uh, on the way I view restaurants, uh-huh. usually they're very small and independently run, so... I would say there's a restaurant called York Street that's long out of business, but it was very, very small, like 10 tables. And it was, you know, a chef going directly to those tables. Did you, no you wear a shark skin suit? Oh, gosh. I can't remember what I wore. I'm pretty sure the tie was shark skin. The boots that I wore, because here in Texas, we typically wear shorts and cowboy boots everywhere. And these were Tank definitely, and in, in tanks, even in the middle of winter. Sometimes we'll put on a cut-off sweatshirt. It's yep. very attractive. But the boots were definitely like crocodile skin or rattlesnake skin or something like that. Ostrich, as, maybe. Ostrich. As, as one is known to do. Oh, ostrich hat. Oh, That's okay. Right? I know that hat. Oh, those feathers are incredible. I've always and, been jealous of that hat. And it's synthetic ostrich. None of these things, uh, this is all carbon neutral, recyclable, we essentially get to the fact that the reservation has been lost. They don't have the reservation. And do you think this is a response to Fraser's question? It could be, yeah. That's uh, now that you
1: bring it up, like they're just like, oh Jesus. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, screw this guy. But it seems like a very polite thing to do is to see, hey, do you have an extra sport coat in the back or something? Like he's calling to ask. Sure yeah uh I
1: don't know you never know with with niles and Frazier it could be had they maybe I don't know had they been to this restaurant before I think they have because Niles has it on speed dial so yep. it's it's as if they've been many times yep. And so they've probably just
0: snooted their way out of the... Uh, the. <laughs> I've never heard snooted as a verb like that. Yeah. I don't think they snooted their way out of the reservation yeah. or out of the minimums. I mean, or they always you know exceeded the minimums, I mean, of just, course. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we're not dealing with these two. That might be it. But you would tick off Frasier, a public brand like that? I, w- I would find him a table. Like, Risky. It is like he they it's knew who it was. It's not Gil though. It's yeah, they not. gave him a table a week out in Seattle. If it is a hot place, you are going to have to book further than a week out. And he does just call and says, "Hey, I'm Fraser Crane. Can you give me a table?" No, and they probably. give it to him. So I don't know if it was a response, but it might be. You might have had a snooty Ferris Bueller's Day Style like Maitre D. Who answered the phone. <laughs> he was like, "No, you're not coming in here. I don't want my place looking like some." terrible slum of the streets are in here like all right whatever but marty doesn't look bad he's in a cardigan yeah. and like he just looks like an old man yeah. like sure he looks like he'd be going to a cafeteria and grabbing a chicken fried steak and some potatoes and mm-hmm. stuff like that oh god and uh, some corn oh corn <laughs> and uh oh when it's creamed oh, too yeah. oh gosh uh, but so he doesn't look out of place too much to me.
1: No, I think he looks nice. And, and uh, yeah, again, it's just he's not wearing an Armani suit or a, you know, uh, he doesn't own one. Hugo Boss tie. Yeah,
0: he'll never be that guy. Like, unless Fraser has a tux he wants to throw on him, he's not going to look like that. Marty suggests the Timber Mill, his favorite restaurant, and you then see the genuine excitement, similar to what you mentioned earlier, that he gets to kind of impress upon his beliefs on these guys, and Frazier doesn't really fight it. He kind of just goes with the flow and says, you know, we don't have a reservation anywhere else. We're not going to get a table at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night at any place they want to go. So it's either we stay in and we make something or we go with Marty here and they kind of go with the flow. He
1: kind of guilts them into going,
0: though. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm
1: sure Daphne has something that I can heat up in the the fridge and kind of limps away with a little bit more, you know. Sadness and and a little more a
0: little more t- lean to his walk. <laughs> Normal. You, I gotta say, how long has Daphne been there? Because she's already uh, fluffing up knickers in the interesting uh, first thing here, where they've never used fabric softener, even though Fraser seems like a very high class individual yeah. who would have used fabric. softener. Well, he would have used a service, I believe. And they wouldn't have used fabric they softener. Would've. What they, was he think paying that they for? Would've. Good gosh! Yeah, that's what's weird. It's like her British. Are they trying to make the British magical, like Mary Poppins again? We're like, they're the only ones who can do laundry right. I mean, like, I don't know that that's true, Uh, but I guess to Fraser he's very impressed. And same thing here, she's already making dinner and everything like that. I guess that's part of her duties, but she really is a great value, I feel like, regardless of what they're paying. She's doing laundry for the entire house. She's doing a great job. She's cooking, and yeah, she's cleaning, she's taking Eddie on walks. And I guess she does yeah live there so <laughs> she's kind of required to keep it in order it's not like a Mrs. Doubtfire scenario she's not divorced from Fraser and trying to just visit Marty or anything like that If
1: Fraser rented out that room I mean in 93 he could charge like 1200 bucks a month for that I'm sure I don't Probably know Probably more I
0: just do, I, I don't know anything about Seattle uh, prices with space needle views back in the early nineties there, but a lot. I can imagine it was a lot. I wonder if people were doing the room rent out when you're you've got an old man that's your, you know, dad living kind of in the <laughs> other room. You're like, And you gotta take care of this old man. You can rent it out, but you gotta take care of this <laughs> old man. I guess they did it to Daphne. Gotta massage him. <laughs> Next thing you know, we are at the timber mill and with the inner title card timber which of course uh, you know lumberjacks would love i bet their lumberjack audience was all in do you think they different. have a
1: big lumberjack audience absolutely they Guys watched in alaska watching the watching Fraser.
0: they watched it on those little tvs you mm-hmm. know that like every sitcom had where a big football game was on and a guy had to take a little tv fishing or to a ballet recital or or those were those
1: like were awesome
0: those little tv <laughs> were they i had one those were incredible I think I went on a trip with somebody who had one once. Yeah. And it it was all right. It's know. pretty, no, it's, it's more than all
1: right. It oh. was uh, back in the day, that was awesome. I mean, the thought it, of being able to watch TV in the car was yeah,
0: pretty I, sweet. I guess I never used it in the car. I would have gotten sick, very motion sick. I would have just horked and horked <laughs> all over the thing. Technology has jaded you, son. Technology has jaded me. I wish we could go back to a time before cars. I just get motion sick, went, so I, I would just pre- like if everyone was on. Revolution. Well, I just like bikes and stuff, and like <laughs> I wish there were just other things. Like I guess cars are super smooth compared to trains, but yeah, and I hate airplanes too. So cars yeah. is all it is, but I mean, the otherwise, otherwise, they're, you they're been, still bumpy too. I think cars still too bumpy. How do you feel about riding horses? Because that's what you would have been doing. Oh yeah, talk about bumpy. They don't go as fast, but you're right. I I get motion sickness on swings, like just swinging with my small dog. Do you put dogs on swings if the situation calls for it? I guess you can. I mean, I've watched a lot of America's Funniest Home Videos, which there you go. That's what England is missing out on. Was. I don't know if there's an England the funniest UK's home. funniest home yeah, video. There's exactly. got to be an equivalent or something. Do they like nut shots as much as we do no. here in the states? No.
1: that's a that's a that's a US thing.
0: It's really like fifteen percent dog humor and cat humor, and then it's still like eighty five percent slip and falls or nut kids, shots. Kids hitting adults in the nuts with with baseball bats. Yeah. I love it so Every much. Every time. God, I could watch it on repeat. They air it on Nickelodeon. Or, oh,
1: I do. When I'm working yeah. during the day, I just put on just videos of guys getting hit in the balls. They you're can hourly. Pull
0: shots. Just take it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you were like those TikTok people just dancing around at their fast food jobs and those nurses just burning <laughs> time where I'm like, there are people dying out there and you're making TikTok dance videos. Yeah. What are you doing? Your yeah. manager is paying you. Yeah, Have you got time to lean. You got time to clean. It's probably not sonny. that. Sad. I
1: work on an oil rig, so it's probably not super
0: safe either. Oh. But okay, yeah. man. So you've got a lot of Armageddon ties. You mm. love Armageddon. Love man. it.
1: See, and that's why I kind of got a little defensive earlier when you mentioned Aerosmith.
0: <laughs> I'm sure people are yelling at us to I get, don't get back. Want to no, my god, no, dear oh. gosh. Oh my god. Uh we get to the timber mill all right we get to the timber mill the host that greets them yells timber asks if they have some first timers there and uh marty says them too i believe and <laughs> they immediately cut the ties off of fraser and niles
1: fraser thinks that the dress code she's referring to because she's like we
0: have a dress code right? And there like it oh is. well he did loss he got he got chicken cream chicken on his on his suit <laughs> the specificity of the not cream you chicken. sir yeah
1: and oh, then that's they what of? they
0: served at the retirement party for his buddy they're like all right we got a bunch of old dudes coming in here make sure it's cream chicken like <sighs> don't give them any of that tough stuff on bones we're not doing wings this year it's cream creamed chicken, chicken. rip it into pieces cream it up and shove it down their throats it'll be delicious God. That's <laughs> making me hungry right now. cream chip beef oh gosh so I it was randomly, we saw posts on Reddit yesterday in the Fraser group uh, that were related to this. So I'm usually not going to go dig through old posts, but we did happen to see one. And people were asking, are there real restaurants that do this? Where <laughs> they cut the tie off? Absolutely there are real places. So we live in Dallas and near us there was uh, places in Arlington and Mesquite uh, called the Trail Dust Steakhouse that were known for this in this era, the early 90s, where if you rolled in there in the wrong outfit they would a hundred percent cut your tie off yeah if you had a
1: tie if you were too fancy and it's uh by the way it's not just like ties like it's all ties like anything around your neck so my family and i used to go there all the time when i was a kid because it was a great place to go they had a giant slide that went from the second story inside down to the to, and it's you slid you onto the dance floor it was the shit when you were a kid
0: that's a hundred percent true so i never got to go because my parents did not care for these types of places but man i wanted to go on that slide dude so it was bad. awesome we yeah. i mean
1: we we would go because i have a huge family like but you know all my cousins and aunts and uncles and everything just massive like 35 40 people probably we would go and, and, you know, get steak and potatoes and all the fixings
0: and everything, but... Jen, real quick. Okay. What's your favorite fixin?
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: for just a potato. Let's a say potato. the potato comes plain. you got to start throwing stuff on it. I mean, it's got
1: to it. have butter on it. One, I mean, does right, so, it can, can no, butter? Is that's that a right. fixin or is that just it, like a steak?
0: That is a fixin, yes. Yeah, some people do go butterless. We'll, we'll assume that salt and pepper are presumed. Okay. Uh, I mean... it, it, it at the very least, it has to have like either
1: butter or sour cream on it. You got to have some cream. sort of like wetting agent to a dried,
0: you know, dry baked potato. Then what do you go with? Bacon bits. Bacon none bits. No, that's next. soy shit. Is none that, of that. Okay, none of that. So they I mean, do I'll mention that in this one where, <laughs> you know, uh, Martin says, hey, I already ordered you steaks and potatoes and all, and all the fixins and stuff like that. Or he doesn't say that. What happens is a beef trolley rolls out first, <laughs> which is incredible. And this is after Niles delivers a bunch of crazy lines. But more than anything, I want to talk fixins yeah. here. So you do anything else? You do uh, anything beyond bacon? Uh, cheese. Cheese. Gotta okay. have
1: cheese. I uh, mean,
0: sometimes... like i'm not really a chives
1: guy okay but i'll do like green onion green onion man. i don't know the green onion and chives are a little different you know I, I prefer green onion scallions uh
0: you ever do any meat inside there? You see that a lot at like barbecue places. So, again, we're from Texas, so people just shove meat down our faces no, all the time. No, I, I love sorry. a good b- baked potato. I mean,
1: I love, there was a place, it was either in Austin, I can't remember if it was in Austin or if it was in San Marcos when I was living down there, but there was a place that called Spud Ranch, and they just sold, no joke, dude, and they just sold baked potatoes, and you could, it was, awesome so it was like you could
0: get like a chicken fried steak baked potato or like so it's a play on stud ranch st- is the name of it like a where horses just bang each other yeah, all the time. Yeah, okay. except it's so the continue on. So oh, I it just was wanted amazing. to make sure I was clear. it was amazing.
1: You could get I mean dream up any flavor you get pot roast you can mm-hmm. get you know any flavor and it goes everything it go, uh, goes on a baked potato. You can cook anything and then slop it on top of a baked <laughs> oh, potato.
0: Man. Great verb. I yeah. like slop.
1: You slop it right on top of that baked potato and it is deep Delicious baked potato is the perfect vessel for Pretty much any food.
0: That's what I think. And you can do Name anything with it. You can not shove. Good. Okay. Maybe scrambled eggs. That, that would can, not be good. You can pour. Oh, I could make it work. What are you talking about? <laughs> scrambled eggs on top of a baked potato. That's like a breakfast taco right there. That's like a that's reverse true. breakfast taco. Yeah, I mean, you taco. could do like a Miga. You, like. you take that whole baked potato and shove it inside a tortilla and then put baked, uh, or sorry, some scrambled eggs on top You're of right, that. You're right. You're right. just smash it together. You've <sighs> got like a Chipotle style burrito <sighs> there. Also, this episode, not sponsored by Chipotle. Then, you just <laughs> shove that thing in there. Down here, they've got these things called double barrels. Well, they'll just shove two of them together. Yep. It's a giant baked potato. You could feed yourself for two weeks on that potato. Oh, I, I frequently do that in these in giant burritos. Oh, gosh. It's just incredible.
1: So, at the timber mill, though, they you know they cut their ties off. At Trail Dust, they did the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. one Christmas, my relatives my on my dad's side from Kansas were in town And my uncle Jimmy got himself a brand new bolo tie. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know what a bolo tie is, a bolo tie is basically a strip of yeah. It's basically a. It's not really like something that a lot of people wear, but some do. And it's like a strip of leather that has like a like a you know like a what would you call it like a buckle kind of thing that like conjoins the two pieces of leather together.
0: George Strait would say you've got like a medallion in the (laughs) middle and a piece of leather that kind of joins them there and tightens them up. Or or amber. You see a lot of turquoise and stuff like that. It's a weird vibe. It's got,
1: you know, Ornate things around it, and uh, yeah,
0: I've never. That's the thing. I'm not a cowboy. We'll joke about Texas stuff, but I've never worn a bolo tie in my life. Good gravy.
1: No, of course not. But But anyway, Uncle Jimmy. What happened to him? He definitely had a
0: bolo tie.
1: Yeah, and they they uh, and he got it for Christmas, and they cut it off. And it's a bolo tie. It's not like a necktie. Right. So we kind of thought he was safe, but nope, not safe. So they cut it off. He was super upset about that. Uh, and yeah, they hang it up on the wall. I don't know what they give you. <laughs>
0: in this one you get a free dessert yeah I don't you know get a free mud pie free isn't dessert. it you get mud you, pie you get a free mud pie they don't specify but yes the mud pie is what they you gotta get give it. you something i mean that's
1: that's like part of it they can't be like like fuck your tie yeah <laughs> like, exactly. you
0: know? i mean at least something off your bill like yeah. you said like hey you know we'll give you 20 bucks off your right. bill and a free dessert like we're, we're just gonna assume your tie was worth 20 bucks we're sorry if you were a hundred dollar tie in here that's, that's your problem man <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sorry. sure
1: they put they might even have signs up like in the waiting area where it's like no if, ties allowed. Yeah, if you do not want your tie to get cut off, please take it off now. <laughs> yeah, so
0: get the F out of here. But if you're in on the bit, then by all means, come yeah. on in here and you know show your kids you'll Dude, get your it tie cut great. off. Dude, it was great.
1: My dad used to let me wear like old ties of his, <laughs> and they would cut them off. That's and I'd be bit. like,
0: yeah, like it was fun. Woo, all yeah. right, we're going to get these ties cut
1: off. But I love at the timber mill that they yell timber. I think that's that's that is nice. kitschy.
0: And we get Niles' uh, drink order and Fraser's drink order, which is a uh, Stoly Gibson on the rocks with three pearl onions. They, like I said, roll out the beef trolley where they can claim their steaks. And we get Niles' wonderful steak orders where he'd like a, a petite filet mignon, very lean, not so lean that it lacks flavor, but not so fat that it leaves drippings on the plate. And I don't want it cooked, just lightly seared on either side, pink in the middle not a true pink but not a mauve either something in between bearing in mind the slightest error either way and it's ruined
1: <laughs> and then the waitress goes okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, I, and i think that's
0: where he's just like just cook a medium with all the fixins or whatever and we'll take the, those three yeah. yeah those three and marty's like stop giving these people crap <laughs> so i can't remember if they've cracked many jokes at this point but I, another comment on those reddit groups from LA TV guy which was very astute was that their relationship by episode 3 here this is kind of the first time we've seen them with marty their like brotherly interactions are very well established yes. early on where we've just kind of seen them talking out Hey, what are we gonna do with dad? Or hey, what's going on? Heard your show today and made kind of snippy remarks at each other. Right. But this is where you see them interacting as brothers against like a common enemy.
1: And like setting each other up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. Like because <laughs> yeah. Fraser was setting him up. That's correct. We we go in. We see that the meal is coming too quickly for these guys they're eating their steaks and here you definitely get like Zeta set setup uh, you know Niles have you guys uh, picked out uh, the next location for this charity event that you're doing with Maris and Niles immediately picks up what's yeah. going on and I'm sure Marty's <laughs> no dumbass either uh, and, and well it, he's he raised them they've been doing this their whole lives. He lets a couple of them slide. And I would say yes, as a little shithead kid myself that was just a little dumb stinker, I pulled a lot of this stuff. You probably get one or two, and your parents will let it fly. And you want to do it early... Or about thirty to forty percent into the dinner there. Yeah. Cause if you do it too late, you fuck everything up and then you don't get dessert or yeah. something like that. Thirty to forty percent in, you got enough time to in, kind of just, redeem yourself if you've offended anybody. Or, that's yeah, right. You know, atone off your dad. Atone <laughs> yeah, that's usually what it was. It's like <laughs> he's pissed at something. I'm like, come on, man, just give me soaps or something, you know? Or we didn't go to steakhouses ever. Uh so they They make their jokes, and they think that's all fine um but Marty's none too pleased with all the jokes, basically, and says, "All right, all right, all right we we get it, you know you're you you're don't like my place, this. yeah." You don't want to be here because I brought you here. You feel like you're better than this crap. And it's a real shitty look for lack of a better term. Like Fraser and Niles, they're having their fun, but after you get to like five or six barbs about these cats or and how poor the restaurant quality is, it will get on your nerves. Which it's because and it's literally just like
1: a regular restaurant. Like there's nothing wrong with this place. It's kitschy, sure. But I mean, that's the type of place that I'd be like, oh, sweet, let's go try that place, you know? And then if it's bad, it's like, oh, that wasn't that great, but yeah.
0: It, it was available with no weight on a Saturday night in Seattle. Like, <laughs> that's on like, you have to side. lower your expectations or just stop ripping the guy about it because... Marty would never do that to them, or I take that back. Maybe he would. I don't know if we've seen the opposite of this, but maybe when Marty did go to Lisa Garvalon, he would have complained about how snooty it is. Small portion you. sizes or how the flavor wasn't good or something, and they'd get all upset about how well, what are you what are you referring to? This is lightly seared. You know this is perfectly cooked. It's barely touched the rawness of the ingredients and the flavor profiles is what brings all of these things the out. The marbling on this beef is Now the the small portion sizes
1: do piss me off. What? I went not you know a few it was a few years back I went to some some brand new Italian restaurant eatery. It was Good, man. It was really good. It was mm-hmm. incredibly expensive. It was in a teeny little house yes. downtown. It was amazing. And it didn't last very long because places like that don't. So apparently, the chef was amazing. We saw Owen Wilson there. Yeah,
0: that's why those places are the best. Like, that's what I'm signed saying. He check are the best. at the
1: end of our table. Yeah. And like Barbara was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God.
0: You should go to those places but and frequent them as much like, as you can. Yes,
1: except for the fact that it was like... And maybe I'm being a Marty Crane here, but it was like two or three bites mm-hmm. for my main course, and it was ridiculously expensive. And I was still very, very hungry
0: afterwards. That's usually because of the product and the talent of your chef. Yeah, so I know. Steve, I am married to, an, married executive to chef, an executive, so so executive so chef. So married to an executive chef. I do get to go. And that's something that kind of Marty mentions here, too, is that. Your mom had excellent taste, boys, but she would never do any of this crap. She She had a hot dog. She would have a hot dog, and she would have no problem having a beer or something like that. It was all cool. I don't know if he mentions beer specifically, but she would never lower herself to making fun of other people. And I'd say my wife is very similar to that, where she is an executive chef who knows far more and has exquisite taste compared to my garbage taste. But I do understand why chefs are doing what they're doing in those small restaurants because they're usually sourcing product that's not sourced everywhere. It's not going to be from any bulk manufacturer. They either work specifically with a small, independent purveyor of those products, so they can't get a lot of it. It's either available when it's available, or you have to pay a premium to get it because they only make so much of it. Sure. And then the reason it's so small because they usually don't want you to stuff your gullet full of just garbage food for the sake of shoveling garbage food down your mouth. I it's about have just appreciating. Gone to no, that's the problem. <laughs> if you're going for bulk and volume, <laughs> you'll never be happy at the cigar hey, at all. Another round of meatballs over here. And, and you go to the right places, you can get both. You know, you want that mid tier, but if it's more chef driven then you're usually going to find better product and better execution on the dish more so than, hey, let's make up for this in calorie count and volume, <laughs> basically. So I have no issue with it. After this, you know, you see Niles uh, upset that Marty is very upset at these two boys. So he Marty's at his breaking point and says, all right, all right, I'm out of here. I'm headed over to Duke's. The storm out. I've I've never pulled an epic storm out. You never pulled a storm out out of a restaurant? No. Never got so mad? No. You ever been at a table with somebody that did storm out? Mm, I'm pretty sure. Well, no, no. I've never been at a table with it, but I think I've overseen it at a restaurant. Oh, sure. Because it's like when the fajitas come at Chili's. Like Everybody knows what's going down. That thing happens, and you hear a storm out coming, and it's usually some dude who's wearing a fancy watch or some dude at an Applebee's who's been drinking for 12 hours. Very true. Yes, here comes a storm out. Something's about to happen. It's either going to be a crazy fucking fight (laughs) or insane domestic drama that's like (laughs) OC style shit shit so oh God. i love it what about you you ever done the storm out
1: uh i don't believe i've done the storm out i i uh not not that i can recall i've never really gotten super pissed off uh, i had a girlfriend maybe that did the storm out Uh, and uh, probably something that I did or didn't do undoubtedly Uh, but yeah that's never fun uh, when people are sitting there looking at you I don't exactly you know I like to cause scenes for the sake of causing scenes I think that's very entertaining and very fun so I do that a lot more comfortable doing that with people that I don't know obviously Um, but when it happens to me inadvertently, I very much don't like it. The other day, I went on Christmas Eve. I went to Walmart, and I was trying to purchase some fabric uh, because we were making a blanket for my niece. And
0: that's a code I, word for cocaine. Right? It is, yeah. Okay, so we just making you know, sure.
1: Uh, and and so I had this spool of, of fabric that uh, apparently you <laughs> apparently you uh, you have to have the fabric cut. Uh, and messaged. That's how you make money. Yeah, yep. exactly.
0: You better cut it. Well, something. they shouldn't
1: just leave the whole spool out uh, because, it, I mean, it looked like I could just pick it up and purchase it. So I walked, and, and they were like, customers, <laughs> you have now, there is 15 minutes to complete your purchases and exit because we are closing on Christmas Eve right now. And so the lines were just bonkers. And so I sat and waited in that line the entire time at, with, holding my spool of fabric, got to the front, and the girl at the cash register was like, Oh, uh, I think, <laughs> I think we have to measure this. I don't think we can sell this to you. you she goes buy the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And sir. she was like, she, and it wasn't that much, you know? So it seems like, well, okay, we'll just, let's measure it and see how much it costs. Well, she was like, well, she's like, I got to ask the manager. Hang on. Let me ask my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she, and she goes over and gets her mom and then her mom uh, was like oh gosh I don't think we can sell this to you and she goes and gets the general manager of the store like the actual
0: GM out of their office now we're talking you carried your way up all the, to the way the up GM. yeah and I
1: was like dude like look, look this is for all I was like but let's measure it right now or let's call this you know I don't care let's call it five yards I know it's not that much I'll pay that much and the GM took it and like bear hugged it and was like, we cannot sell this to you. We can't. And I was yeah, just like. Yeah, I mean, they can't sell the whole okay. fabric roll to you, man. And then I turn around and how there's. Selfish there was, you oh, how Christmas selfish of How selfish of me, yeah. Come on, man. Just can't take what, what you need. Can't deprive Walmart of their fabric. You from, can't
0: take the very best. You take what you need and you leave the rest. Whatever. Okay? <laughs> there were so many people know.
1: looking at me like, what's going on over here,
0: you know? Yeah, that's because that That guy kind was, of attention I don't like well i understand somebody was bear hugging your fabric he's like i will take this fabric it is my fabric now i just wanted to be like i'm gonna leave
1: with this fabric
0: (laughs) let's do this old man you and me let's go
1: it's uh yeah so that 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 was that was not not great
0: so So marty does the storm out and this is where niles mentions the mud pie that says dad no the mud pie is coming or something <laughs> along those lines to try to salvage the situation here.
1: he's got to remind him that, the you know, you still get your dessert.
0: You definitely still get your dessert after you get your tie cut off. So he knew there was at least two mud pies coming. Maybe they were going to give them both to Marty. That's a nice thing to do. Double up the mud pies for Marty. Be a good Marty. gesture. And then we, we get back to Fraser and Niles, and this is where they kind of learn their lesson, but not really they more just worry that they've lost touch with the common man, which is a very (laughs) high and mighty, you're like, all right, you high and mighty pompous a-holes. They're like, have we lost the ability to enjoy steak and fixins or whatever? Steak and potatoes. This is yes. a good meal. This is American fare. This is a good,
1: hearty American
0: fare. I don't know why he's so ashamed. He's clearly accustomed himself to not eating this type of food. I'm surprised at Frasier's lifestyle. I'm not surprised
1: at... Niles's lifestyle. I am surprised at Fraser's lifestyle. I don't believe that he makes that kind of scratch.
0: I think he invested in some super shady stuff in the 80s, maybe even dealt some blow or like sold pills underneath the table. Or maybe like Russian arms dealer stuff. I don't something. know that he was doing all that, but I could see him doing something else with the Russians for psychotherapy purposes where he's like, hey, I am very well learned. I could work with you all not on arms, but on some kind of psychological manipulation sure, program. Sure. Something like that. Warfare
1: stuff. There you go. he knows so much about the brain and
0: if he was an arms dealer, that'd be a whole nother TV show I'd want to see. And if that's what the reboot is, it's like a Barry style. Whoa. Exactly. Super serious reboot, which is always Kind of weird when they do that, but I would take it. I'd kind of be in, see what Frazier was actually doing all those years. I could get down with that, too, I think. That might be the twist they need if they're like, we're going to give him a whole new era. And you're like, all right, he's actually a kingpin (laughs) overlord of this mafia crime family drug lord that's been working for years. You're like, oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Next thing we get to credits, and that's kind of the end. We just see the crew, or sorry, the crew, the staff at the timber mill cleaning and wiping up while these boys attempt to clean their plates. Still, there. yeah, eat the rest of the of the food. And this is a great episode. Kelsey Grammer once stated that Dinner at Eight was his favorite episode in Frasier. So shout out to LA TV guy there who did say, like, the brothers' relationship was so established because this was a very strong, well written episode in that sense. And the actors nailed it. They oh, yeah. kind of knew. Just how to get that chemistry to play on camera very very well,
1: like you said with the with the back and forth between Niles and and Frazier and how they've obviously been doing it for a long time, and they do it kind of childishly right in front of their own father, who then has to like correct them and and establish his you know his say and yeah.
0: I will say another episode where Marty is again kind of an asshole. Like he storms out of a dinner. Like, I don't care what your kids say or how rude they are to the staff. You don't just say, like, well, I'm out of here, you punk kids. You figure it the fuck out. Well, Marty always get a beer. Marty always is
1: showing his hand in the fact that he wishes that he had boys that played baseball and that, you know were
0: were into... It could be little shits. Even if they played baseball, they could still be making jokes about the timber bends But it's true. something I was like, these ladies aren't even hot in here or something. Like, you don't know what kind of dudes he'd have, even if they were sporty dudes. That's so. true. He's got to learn to rise above that, I think, and not storm out of scenarios, So I'm not on Marty's side in all that, but... Talk your way through it a little more, Marty, as opposed to I think storm out because you're just teaching your kids that the storm out method is the way to go. Well, and
1: I think what I hear you saying is that he needs to, Marty hasn't done a lot of adapting to his new situation. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard you mention that like Marty, is too old. He doesn't, he's too set in his ways. He doesn't <laughs> want to, but he needs to. He needs to, you know, start to adapt, which he does. Uh, I, I think as the show progresses. So
0: I don't think we had any Eddie in this episode. I don't remember clocking Eddie. In we that did. For, oh, was there yeah. some Eddie?
1: Eddie was on the couch, and he said that he would bring him back a bone, and then he was like, "He's oh, ecstatic." That's
0: right. There you go. He did. So it was say just him, the bit. Eddie was just sleeping.
1: Bone. He was just sitting there. So
0: all right. Well, that was Frasier. Uh, let's move on to our side show here, which. This week was the show Grace Under Fire. This is their pilot. So season one, episode one, aired one day earlier than Frasier on Wednesday, September 29th. The viewership did not beat Frasier here. So they had a 15.9 Nielsen rating and Frasier had a 17.9. So Frasier did a little bit better, had about 2% more of the viewing audience over there watching them. To be expected, I guess, yeah. Home Improvement right before it did well. So, I don't know, uh, you know, people just didn't know who Brett Butler was or weren't giving it a shot yet at that point. Right. In this episode, we met Grace, and she's a divorced single mom. And we kind of meet her bartender friend, Nadine, while she sets Grace up on a date with this pharmacist named Russell. (laughs) And that's kind of the episode overview. Real quick about the series this thing only went 5 seasons and was abruptly canceled because Brett Butler's off-screen behavior kind of became too much and so it mm. was it was canceled in like February of 1998 there. So most shows typically end in May. Yeah. And they did not finish out their fifth season. It was a abrupt cancellation. If I remember correctly, she was real into like what
1: whaling
0: in terms of the show,
1: yeah, or wasn't just it like in her environmental personal life? thing? She like hunted like ex- you know very are endangered t- animals. What are
0: you talking
1: about well, you in this her, show? Her Grace personal? Up, yeah, no, no.
0: no Brett, Brett Butler. Uh, no, I think it was substance abuse pills and. I'm trying not to go no. deep into her and sully was, her good name, but I it, no. she was, it was pills and blow r- white rhinos or something. Oh, well uh, the white rhino hunting I think was uh, other people in her circle. I think it was her entourage that may have looped her into the, some of that stuff, but no, her substance abuse things were what I think we're mainly dragging it down oh, uh, for the network and stuff. It's no good. Yeah. This series though, created by Chuck Laurie known as the quote, King of sitcoms. And I didn't watch a, a, all of these newer ones. I have missed a few of, but he started as a writer. He's written on Charles in Charge, Roseanne. Ooh, ooh. He wrote on CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. My wife would be all into that. There you go. And the Big uh, Bang more, Theory, did the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, so he was a creator on that one. So he started as a creator on Grace Under Fire, then did Sybil, Dharma, and Greg. Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, like you mentioned, and then more recently here, Young Sheldon, The Kaminsky Method, and Bob Hart's Abishola, which I'm familiar with, but I don't, I think like a lot of people, there's not that same communal sitcom watching that there was years ago, and it feels like less of a monoculture, so it's tough to jump in. Sure, But years ago, I remember when this thing came out and started with old Brett Butler. What about you? Did you watch it? You know, I think I caught like rogue episodes of of the show. And and after watching
1: this I was reminded very, very quickly of of like, oh yeah, I remember this cast, I remember these people, I remember, you know, I I, I definitely remember Dave Thomas uh yeah. how could you forget that guy that guy's hilarious he he was uh wasn't he the uncle on Arrested Development
0: <laughs> that's right he's yeah. Uncle Trevor uncle on Trevor. Arrested Development this is not the Dave Thomas of Wendy's, Wendy's. fame no. yeah that's a different Dave Thomas who's a god dang American hero God that rest square his soul burger making son of a beautiful man yeah rest in peace throw it up two oh, two shout outs to him He might be a terrible human. I actually don't know much about Dave Thomas, but he made those square burgers, (laughs) so that's pretty cool. dig our own grave. Yeah, sorry for all the anti Dave Thomas people (laughs) out there. Please don't uh, come for me. So, Brett Butler, star of the series. In 1987, Johnny Carson kind of gave her a seal of approval. So that was a big deal in the 80s for sure, is when you went on Carson, did a stand-up set, and he says something like, she's really great, and then calls you over for a sit-down interview. So if Carson kind of gives you the seal of approval, you're in. So she was respected amongst comedians early. She started with heat.
1: Well, and I did just want to play real quickly, if I can, if I can get this to go... It's not going listen no. to
0: all this dead podcaster is that the same I don't know what you're doing. I don't right think now. that was
1: the same one as in the is in the this, pilot. This the pilot had a d- completely
0: different song. So streaming series do get So Jordan, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave all this in. none of this is getting cut out now. I don't care whose song we just violated with licensing rights right there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no telling if the stream that we purchased here on Amazon Prime had the original theme song. That's a big issue for series. Yeah, I think that, you've I guess seen you're that right. on Wonder Years for like It was, was the most 90s song though. Dude. <laughs> That's yeah, so what I've got a very 90s theme song here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the intro to the pilot here, again, very kind of just set up. It's a pilot episode, so they're not going to have a deep storyline. But the intro is all voiceover with her kind of just subbing out the face of her ex husband. Yeah. And there's some weird stuff on this front Notice one. Notice that too. Yeah, as, I mean there's a Hitler carve out which I guess is to symbolize how pissed off she is at her ex-husband. At her ex. but, And the devil.
1: There but, was but, the man, devil. man,
0: ABC, I don't know if they are owned by Disney at this point, but good gravy. Yep. Like episode one, like how does that not just get an instant turn off from this, a lot of This
1: whole episode was a little like damn, like edgy as
0: hell. And, and I think that was intentional. Like, sure. Like her humor was to connect with a different type of audience, since she's from the South, was this prime time? This was, yes. Yeah, so this, but was, this had to be like was, a
1: Tuesday.
0: It was Wednesday, so the yeah. night before, and it uh, followed Home Improvement. So. Okay. That's where they kind of gave it its first slot. I don't know if it stayed on Wednesdays following home improvement forever, but that's definitely how I caught it. Where I remember them advertising. I remember watching home improvement religiously around this age where you're like, holy crap, it's Wednesday night or whatever night home improvement's on. I gotta go watch it.
1: Yeah, this 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 show surprised me, honestly, because I was not going in with high hopes. And then I started watching it and I was like, okay, like I might if it wasn't ninety nine, if it wasn't a dollar an episode, I'm you know, and there's no way to purchase full seasons at all you know so there's 27 episodes per season i'm not spending 30 bucks no I'm su- no not at all
0: and i'm sure we could do some illegal streaming here but oh, this yeah. is a this is a legal streaming or legal I, like if there's a vhs version like that i've never done anything illegal in my life Neither i've Engaged in any kind of frog fighting. Exactly. Like anything like that that you might have heard about me before. I assure you it's not true. The frog fighting was a one-time deal. After we get through the weird opening about the divorce here, we cut right to Grace in her car. She's riding with her three children. Looks like two older kids and one super young baby here. The two older kids are fighting. I relate a lot to this. That's what my two older kids... I only have two kids, but mm. they're older. They yep. fight all the fucking time. Yeah. I love them to pieces, but they fight so damn much. That's what kids do. They, exactly. They're just especially brothers. brothers. Good God. Uh, then they get pulled over by John Goodman. So yeah. I, you're like... Okay, I guess both shows are on ABC. Yeah, because Roseanne was already on yes so it's
1: a it's a guest appearance. It's not like he hasn't really done much yet.
0: And it's got to be like a let's try to hook people that are already fans of Roseanne because this is a similar, similarly targeted show, I guess, for that type of audience that they deemed as you know more middle class or below kind of viewers, I guess, is who they were trying to represent on TV. Sure, which is you know certainly a a way to go with sitcoms that I you know had been done before in some scenarios, but it wasn't done a lot at that time that I saw. It was a lot of Full House or Home improvement or middle class and above kind of families i was really refreshed to see old
1: john goodman on there i love john goodman i love his i love honestly like everything that he's in what's your favorite john goodman role lebowski okay that's the only answer
0: yeah i mean he's great in a bunch of stuff but lebowski the walter sovchek is just incredible you ever watch tremay I didn't. People said it's uh, slow to start, but it gets really good. It is
1: slow to start, but it, he, he's really good in that, too. He's in Treme. Oh, I
0: didn't know he was mm-hmm. in that. He's, he's a character on there for a while. I didn't love that painting movie he was in a few years back. He was in something about like stealing some artwork. I forget the name of that dang thing, but it was not great. It looked great, and then I kind of bailed on it like halfway through. I was like, "God, yeah. ah, this thing's not great. Next scene, we kind of get to the kid's bedroom here. All we really find out is that her son was mistreating animals and uh, his name is Quentin.
1: There's some funny names in this show, by the way. There is. That's right. They mentioned
0: that Nadine's ex boyfriend Nadine. or husband was named Cletus. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> and that's where you're like, okay, like Itus. I live in Texas. There's not a lot of Cletus. Does this show around. take place in Texas? No, I think it was Alabama or Arkansas, maybe something like that. So I apologize. I did not clock where the actual state was. Maybe they mention it. Maybe they don't. Yeah, you could tell they took some time trying to figure out some Cletus. silly though. That's ridiculous. That's like too jokey where it's like, all right, well now I'm taken out of the real world. There's also
1: another guy named Dougie.
0: Hey, Dougie, I'll take. (laughs) Because, you know, like I can see picking up the name Dougie along the years. But Cletus, like... (sighs) Maybe it was more common in the 90s, but it's just such a, you know, slack-jawed yokel name from the Simpsons, so good gravy. Uh, Next scene we get, like I said, Nadine, her bartender friend, showing up, and she starts dishing about a new dude that she wants to fix up with Grace. And next thing you know, she's like, cool. So the dude is here. He's in the backyard.
1: Here's the guy. I brought him over immediately. If
0: I was Grace, I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, (laughs) I haven't showered and, you know, like, what are you doing to me? I haven't combed my hair. She she gives her some lipstick and says, here, throw this on. And you're like, good God. And how weirded out is this guy where you're like, yeah, I'll go over to this lady's house. And then you get there and she's like, all right, cool. So just like wait outside for 10 minutes because I haven't actually told this lady because no cell phones in this world. Yeah. Unlike Frazier, where Niles is flashing his yuppie money here. No. <laughs> No Nadine phone call from the bar to be like, hey, heads up, put something cute on. I'm bringing a dude over right. or anything like that. Or no cell phone call. It's just, I'm going to show up at your house, which is ugh, creepy thing to you have happen. You know that happen.
1: there had to have been, because she's a bartender. That like guy was at the bar talking to the bartender saying, oh, yeah, I got divorced. I'm you know kind of lonely or I'm looking for love or whatever. And she's like, I got the perfect girl for you. Come on with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. I got her right now. And... She says he's a legit dude, this Russell guy. He's not an alcoholic because Grace does ask some questions like, hey, you met him. He's a barfly. I don't want to date another barfly or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's a cool dude. He only orders... Tropical drinks with toothpicks, and they make some dumb joke that alcoholics don't drink tropical drinks or something like that. I was like, okay, I've mm-hmm. not, not something I've heard. Like, maybe that was a joke they were making or it was common at the time, but not something I've heard as a trope about alcohol. Right. Or like, only like alcoholics do, you know, they drink brown liquor. That's it. Yeah. But I was like, okay. I was like, I think they'll take whatever they can get their hands on, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, then they introduce Russell. We find out her name is. Grace Kelly, which maybe they thought would hit better. They're like, yeah, like the actress, Grace Kelly, which is an old actress from the, I don't know exactly which film period, but before there was color and before I was born, I know that. Yes. Then they kind of just roll through some weird one-liner jokes like... It almost seems like Jeff Foxworthy style. You knew you were a redneck if it's the inter- setup. And they're then introducing like, you to the comedy stylings of Brett Butler. Yeah, pretty much. Or yeah. you're like, okay. Uh, and not many of them land overall. Then we get to her workplace where she's working at an oil refinery. You ever uh, worked at an oil finery? Or what's the weirdest job you've worked? Yeah, I told you. I, I currently work on an oil rig. Oh, that's right. You mm. mentioned that just moments ago. I've got a goldfish memory and I don't pay attention to you when you're talking. (laughs) I just listen to my voice because I love the sound of it. And then when Jordan talks, it's just like a monkey in my head banging cymbals together. And I'm like, waiting to talk, waiting to talk, waiting to talk. (laughs) And that's all that goes on. That's my Mm. whole day.
1: Yeah, no. The, uh, okay, so the weirdest job that I've ever had, when I lived in Austin, I, I cold called people for the One World Theater. Mm. Uh, and we all sat in a, in a room uh, and made cold calls. And that I guess, that was weird, I guess, because they didn't give you any training. They just put you in a room and they said, here, try and make people buy tickets to our shows. Mm-hmm. That was what one day, <laughs> mm-hmm. that one shift yeah. Uh, oh, uh, you! Oh, you
0: bailed after the one. Shift? I believe I did. Yeah, okay. I believe I did. I did hot calls for several years. It was ninety nine cents a minute. <laughs> it was just my cell phone number. I put up flyers everywhere. Got some weird dudes calling in. You're entrepreneur. I just worked on my voice, and uh, you know, the most of them fell for it. That and, was the sexiest thing I've ever heard, oh, right there. Oh yeah, I know, man, dudes. Hi, how are you? They're can I, like, what can I do for you? you know, like, I just need a minute. That's a, and that was my thing. Like, you only need a minute. It's just the ninety-nine cents. Like, I was pretty good. Wow. I'm not gonna lie. I could, I could make it happen. You can make it. You could, you could make things happen in a minute. One I said minute. the worst. Things yeah. like, and then that got him off the phone pretty quick. Wow, that's yeah. incredible! That's it was, incredible. it was. I made at least twelve dollars in college doing that. It doesn't sound too bad. Heck yeah, it was a good day's work. Uh, so we get to our workplace. The boss comes in and quickly walks them through some basic sexual harassment and gender equality stuff. And maybe this is how it was done in the 90s, or maybe this is just for sitcoms, but he just like reads it aloud to everyone. Like, I guess now we send out emails, but I think they'd like put a poster up or do something. Oh, we but.
1: don't just send out emails, we can take fucking. Four-hour-long courses. Uh, yeah, on
0: exactly. It. That's right. Yeah, we will all work on computers all day, so we have to yeah take courses that have dumb questions about it.
1: So I guess it, it at this point that was the, the the thought of like gender neutrality and like you know uh, n- sexual harassment policies was like very new, or at, at for least like. like for th- for blue collar type situations and like you know,
0: I think for making it official at federal and state levels yeah. for sure as it relates to employment, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think there was a lot of stuff where they're like, hey, we need guidelines to give to every employer who has any number of employees to oblige by so that we stop putting these people in terrible working conditions all the time. Yeah, that
1: scene was a little shocking. Yes, Uh,
0: Uh, everything about this scene was insane. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. They're, you know, like they
1: they just got very, the men got very aggressive because there's only two females that work there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of which is that lady that's in everything. I can't remember her actual name, but she—that actress—she's in so much stuff. It's just like a side character, you know. All that, you know, she was in
0: Weeds and Julie and Roberts. That's it. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it was her. Yeah, Julia Roberts was Correct. the other side character. Correct, yeah. No, we don't know. I'm sorry. I did terrible research on the other side cast. Yeah, maybe the, she was a recurring. Those those men really uh, were very quite aggressive. They were making a lot of rude, lewd comments, even for. ABC standards were like, okay, I guess they're just going to show that this is how women have to deal with the workplace. And, and I don't doubt that they're correct. It was just good Gosh, you is know. Br-
1: does Brett? But I've never seen her stand up. Is it, it probably really edgy like that? I would imagine. I would imagine it's yeah. pretty
0: similar or something along those lines. Very not necessarily referential to her being in a workplace, but because
1: she tossed it right back at him, you know, yeah. she was like, "I'll hop into bed with everyone." Or like, "Let's all get in the showers together," you it, know? And-
0: right, and that is one thing here where you know she's all in on the shit talking, where she's like, "Okay, yeah, you guys want to talk shit? I can talk shit right back to you or whatever." Or That is kind of the dynamic she portrays in this male-dominated industry, which is probably the best one to take right up front because it's got to be like prison rules where you got to go stab the toughest guy in the throat and then they'll give you respect after that. Next scene, cut to the elementary school nurse's office because she gets a call at Mm -hmm. work that her kid's in trouble. Quentin Quentin got in a fight. Quentin got in a fight. He was throwing down. So she has to go talk to her kid about not getting in fights. And then it takes a pretty heavy turn into, again, domestic abuse and children having to live through that, which was an admirable sitcom topic and a very stark difference from Frasier. Yes. So this is where you do start seeing, like, there are kids who are probably have never seen this kind of stuff contextualized for them, like hey, I saw my dad hit my mom. What the hell is going on? And is is this a normal thing? Do they see this on ABC? Sure. So this was, a to me, an admirable sitcom topic. It's not something I ever had to deal with. but they, And they touch on some pretty hot-button issues,
1: mm-hmm. uh, it seems. They saw the sexual harassment, divorce, uh, domestic abuse, alcoholism, yes, uh, you know, same sex marriage. That's like right. there's,
0: <laughs> they, so Grace under fire, really going for it here. Next thing you know, we're in Grace's bedroom and she's getting ready for her date with Russell. Then she's downstairs and we see her babysitter late, <laughs> but show up with. Some dude who looks like he's out of the movie Airheads yes. or whatever. Like, I'm pretty sure he's just chest open. He was. Like he a, had a, she was like a surfer guy. He was like, oh, do He's ah. <laughs> like cut off flannel, no sleeves, like open flannel shirt with his chest out what well, was it that he had
1: in the bag he had a bag he had something in probably the bag weed. i could remember
0: probably lots and lots of weed i forget he was like
1: oh, i hope you know mine bro like
0: <laughs> i brought some cheetos puffs because yeah. i've been stoned all day i'm <laughs> like okay man come on in yeah classic uh so then russell shows up she's apologizing hey i don't have a babysitter so you know there's not much we can do and russell says let's just have dinner here and Grace whips them up a dinner and they go out to the back porch and seems like a lovely dinner. They pretty much reset what they did earlier where they trade bad ex-stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down all of her jokes here, but it's just one after the other jokes that right. didn't really land with me where I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I get what she's doing. It is nice when you have children to have an uninterrupted meal.
1: My wife and I have, have now started doing one date night per month because mm-hmm. I have a 1-year-old and a 3-year-old mm-hmm. and uh so we'll go on one date per month and have you know, a babysitter, or her parents, or something come
0: and watch the kids for a while. And that's when your kids do cocaine. No, oh, oh. they they know about date night. They know what y'all are getting into. <laughs> they know about it. It's coming in advance, and they're like, "Call all our friends. We're gonna have some fun, man." And uh, you know, they do a lot of blow. I know because that's what I did on my parents' date nights. Yeah, I called up all my buddies. I'm the the, the most friend. the most memorable thing was that. That Russell pulled out uh,
1: some heroin, and they did heroin uh, at the end of this, at the end of the scene. Yeah,
0: that's probably where it all started for Brett Butler. Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Russell's the one who introduced her to it, unfortunately, and then the substance abuse. You thought he was such a nice guy? He did look like a nice guy. This Russell guy, he was an SCTV dude, uh, Dave Thomas or whatever, but in great movies he was in rat race he was always making those crazy bets that's and then he right. was in follow that bird which is one of my favorite who was he in follow movies. that bird he was like a weird um uh gosh dang it what like a carnival him? guy exactly a ferris wheel operator okay. so like a carny
1: i must remember that because i actually didn't watch that too long ago i mean i watched it wasn't too long ago that i watched that movie i watch it uh, every day I, i'm
0: sure you do i know every that's morning. one of your favorites oh it's so good yes Right. Every morning. So some random stuff that's ha- happened this week: the Simpsons episode, and I'll probably you know it's going to be hard not to include these all the time. But Simpsons premiere and its Homer sh- uh, barbershop quartet is the one that goes out. And it's an incredible episode, so I could talk B, about The Simpsons. What, like the B-Sharps? Yeah, that's right. The B-Sharps episode. It's Wiggum. It's Barney in the bathroom singing beautifully. It's all the wonderful Beatles parodies <laughs> you can <laughs> oh, yeah, imagine. I forgot that Barney has like a like a Irish...
1: Uh, <laughs> after
0: <laughs> they have to audition because they yeah. kick Wiggum out, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, I so need good. to revisit that one. That's right. And next week, just to tease ahead again, uh, we will look at, of course, season one, episode four of Frasier. That one is I Hate Frasier Crane. Mm. And then we'll look at The Simpsons, season five, episode two, featuring Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob. It is Cape Fear. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. We get the rake bit in this one, I'm pretty sure. Yes. So check back next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Are you ready?